Welcome to Making Waves, a show about sound art, produced by New Adventures in Sound Art for WGXC Wavefarm. On today's show, we revisit two artists that were featured on this show two years ago, Sonia Pasarokia and Alan Bluer. Both artists use saws and blades as a source of their sound material. Pasarokia makes automated performances and sound installations using suspended saw blades, whereas Alan Bluer uses saws as an electroacoustic instrument played with bows, sticks, and mallets that are then amplified with contact microphones processed with guitar pedals. Through the show, we will listen to excerpts of Pasarokia's installation called Lambs at Nesa, and we will intersperse those with a conversation that I recorded with her about her work and her process. In the second half of Making Waves, we'll listen to a performance called Dual Abrasives by Alan Bluer that was recorded at Nesa on August 31st. We'll begin with lambs, which consists of four saw blades that are each suspended on stands. The sound from the installation is produced with contact microphones and tactile transducers, which are caused to feed back through the material of the metal. The pitch of the sound is then produced by bending the saw with a motorized pulley system. Hidden from view is a computer operating the pulleys and ever so precisely controlling the feedback to create a haunting musical sound. your interest in saws as a sound material and um, how you got to using saws and what about them intrigued you? 
Well, it's interesting because, um, um, yeah, well, the thing that happened is I compose a lot on the computer um, and I started to have pain problems and I decided to try to work at other places. So I started to work with metal. I had like an attraction for uh, metal and just being in the workshop, I tried a different different things and I ended up like having in my hands bits and pieces of metal including scrap metal including saw blades for circular saws or skill saws and uh, those saw blades uh, were good at first for me just to start to weld uh, stuff on them like I use them as protector for my wooden table until I had something better and I started to use uh, that like that and I ended up having like some of them with metal stuck on them and I tried to bang that metal and I liked the sound and I started to use the other like metal saws to um, you know for their, their own sound and I find it really interesting to have them as a more like a gong-like instrument. Uh, and they, um, I, I like them because they look a bit dangerous and they look a bit like flyers. And I like the sound they could make that was really sweet, let's say, uh, really uh, sacred in a way, like because of this gong type thing. And it felt really calm. At the same time, I could like make them like being really nasty sounds, <laughs> and it, it, I could reflect the same thing in the sound of this uh, opposition between danger and kind of a flower type thing, and I, I like that. Um, as for the um, carpenter type saws, well, I, I think it, it's because I played with um, metal. And I like the whoa sound of it. And at, at some point I was like, oh yeah, that sounds like a musical saw. And I was wondering why I could change pitch on a musical saw and I could not change pitch much on what I was working on. So I started to w learn more about the physics of the musical saw. And I realized that a few things could be applied to a lot of uh, different bits and pieces of metal to have something that has more pitches on it. So th this was like more on the, um, I would say on the uh, oral interest. Uh, yeah, and slowly I ended up like with a few other instruments make of stuff that could cut. And I ended up like having uh, quite a bit of um, different uh, possibilities there. Um, and I started to think about these pieces that I call double tranchant about me playing a different uh, musical saw, uh, no, well, cutting instruments. That's instruments I can cut. Uh, and tr and I, I had ideas about how I could make that as a solo performance with live electronics and all. And this is how I ended up like working on a solo piece for, and I call double tranchant, uh, double sided. Edge. So does the double-sided aspect refer to the different personalities of the sound colors of the saws, or does that refer to you in relation to the other object? 
I would say there's a lot of meaning to it uh, because yes, of course, it could have different sounds from the same instrument that could be uh, like the opposition between uh, sweet and pretty and uh, a kind of banjer and I don't know I I would say aggressive sounds so the, these two oppositions are interesting I like to the visual effect of having things that you can find beautiful but they'll look kind of dangerous um, and I, I am in this performance playing against uh, so against metal so you have uh, a woman against all these um, cutting uh, instruments so I like this opposition and I think we can in my piece put things in an emotional way to where you could have these feelings or uh, opposite feelings during the perf performance and sometimes it could be a bit funny and sometimes it could be a bit um, stressful let's say so you have these like opposition and I uh, and I think a lot of uh, ourselves and are opposing inside ourselves and this is something I, I wanted to work on The Double Tranchant performance is uh, built off of an installation that's currently running called uh, Lambs, which is uh, also based on saws. So what is the relationship between the two pieces? Well, I say Lamb. Lamb means a blade. And Lamb is for, uh, in, in French, you can say Lamb Sonore for musical saw is one of the the name we can give it to give to that instrument in double tranchant i use the installation lamb as a part of it so lamb is more just the musical saws as automated instruments uh, and it's more mesmering sounds coming from those saws that are moving a bit like um sirens like mermaid sirens type sound um, and I, I think it, they really have this uh, look of something that's alive that's interesting um, and uh, I, I, I like I like those for that but they, they yeah the same contrast is there where you have things that can be a bit more harsh as sounds and they could be uh, quite um, uh, calm in a way so those sounds and those um, automatons are important in that performance because I really can play them 
uh, with my body so I like move my arms and I can make those cells moving with me and I, I think um, this are, it can be a really um, impactful moment in the piece where I can like have those automatons following me. You brought up the automation aspect um, of the installation and I guess that's also used in the performance. Perhaps explain uh, your use of that and and uh, so it's a kind of like a mechanical system but then it's controlled by the computer in order to get the bends of pitch and and uh, changes of, of sounds, uh, you have to go through a lot of difficulty for that to happen on its own without a human playing the saw. Well, if you want to speak about the technical uh, of it, yes, I have like each saws, I have um, so, some uh, motors on them and some like Ebo-like system to make a feedback loop inside the saw. So those are controlled via computer. Uh, before that, I have interfaces that I, I, I built to uh, really control the motors from the computer. And inside the computer, I'm, I built a software that allows us to, uh, well, allow me <laughs> to really compose or for these pieces or to just control the different automatons completely. So those automatons can be played via the computer uh, with compositions that are, um, I would say, not, not, not linear. So I have different composition and goes from one to the other. Um, uh, this is for the installation part. So I go from one movement of the composition to another one, depending on if someone walks in the place or uh, maybe I, 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 was, I preferred uh, something or another. Let's a bit like, do you know these uh, teenager books that are like, um, you, you're, you're the hero of those books. Do you, do you know them? You mean uh, you get to direct where uh, the plot goes and that kind of thing? Exactly. So with these books are like uh, you have something and they say, oh, if you want to open the door, uh, go to page 100. And if you want to jump the bridge, go to page 200. That sort of thing. When you read the book, you don't read all of it. You read just your own like story. Like you, you made the story and the story is not the same for everyone who read the book. And I think that's something I'd like to explore more in music and it's a bit like that for my uh, compositions where I have a part and after that there's a choice and I maybe say oh maybe this 25% I will go to that type of sound and maybe this 75% going to another type of sound etc. So this is like how the, sh the form of the piece is built. So it's, it's kind of a mm, weighted randomized thing, plus the interaction that's in the piece with um, different sensors in the room. So depending on where you are at certain moment in the piece, bang, you have a change. And it's like maybe playing something that's closer to you at that moment. So it's, this is the, um, for for lamb uh, that's our, uh, at the moment that's running at the moment at the cafe um, and for my performance um, 
I can actually play the the, the SARS with uh, a controller. So I don't need a composition to be uh, there. I can have no composition at all and just have controllers to control different things um, of the SAR, the, the, the musical SARS, the automatons of uh, the installation alarm and I can use them really as um, as well instruments and I, I can actually use their sounds to turn into live electronics uh, and have the sounds put on the speakers and like make the installation really much more uh, bigger sound wise so this is the sort of thing I'd like to do with uh, during the uh, performance double tranchant And this is built on your experience with improvisation and um, where you're making um, immediate choices and uh, the, the, the story, as it were, or the structure uh, reveals itself um, as if you're, like you said, the character in that, or, or, the, or the reader of the novel that has those choices. Um, do you find that the, the installation should also retain a bit of that sense of discovery and reinvention every time somebody new encounters it? Oh yeah, I'd love to. My goal uh, for this type of installation, I'm not there yet of course, but my goal is really to have the installation play by itself uh, the way I, I would play if I were there at that moment. So I'd like to have the installation um, or any type of installation I do that uses automatons or even if they don't it's like that's like um, well you know a life goal <laughs> so so the idea is to really have uh, something that could feel like I do feel if people are more have more interest they may be more calm or more energetic or maybe they 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 may be not really into it too much so i have to catch their catch them there like catch their attention at that moment so maybe i will do something more active and more energetic so they could like turn around and say well, what's going on I mean, maybe if there's a lot of people and a bit of noise and these children around I want to have something a bit louder but maybe I have um, a mother with um, a little child and I'd like to have something that's quieter uh, but the main thing is is this person attentive is this person uh, really wants to enjoy uh, like 
something that's maybe 10 minutes long and really stay there and really enjoy it or if someone just like passing by and I have to like just like give this thing that's really short but that give you them um, you know one vision of the installation etc etc like what will I do if I were there and how to, to apply that to the, the uh, software and the hardware so sensors and whatever I'm going to do so so this is our like well this is like the research I'm, I'm working on at the moment so I want to go that way but it's not really there so at the moment LAM has uh, two sensors and have um, I have a few positions that I, I concentrated on it and um, I know where people are in, in that installation and I can know uh, to, uh, if I have two people crossing like the sensors at the same time so I have I have those sort of data that I can play with and I played it uh, played with those data for the composition of the current installation do you do you find um, that this process of predicting outcomes and uh, delivering based on uh, those um, forecasts uh, that this is reflective of our day and age and how data is integrated in all aspects of our life and that and that music can go in this direction too is that where you're headed with this well it's i would say it's the other way around i think before it was really something i was really thinking about it i was wondering why we had to listen to a cd that was like always the same as like well, we can have performances and not always the same. And I had things like, oh, maybe I was composing on, on a software and I will want to listen to the music without the saxophone part. And it's like, oh, that's interesting because if I don't have the saxophone part, my ear is going more to the, the bass part for some reason. So, so the, these things that are like not always the same are something that I really like um, thought about it for a while before it was something that we had more in uh, like uh, VR and all that sort of, uh, um, let's say, new media form. Uh, that was like kind of pop is now kind of getting popular I think is actually the way we go but in a way if you think about it even in like if you look at the Star Trek in the holodeck they have these sort of media where they just like go in the story instead of watching the story so yeah I, I think yeah, the idea is around for quite kind of a, a long while but um but yeah, but it's something I think um, I miss and I want to have more. And how much of the inter uh, this system that you built with this, you know, that all these things that play this, the saws um, and that then the sensors and things, uh, is this applicable to other objects that you can automate and make sound from? Oh yes, the ideas are completely adaptable. I have uh, the uh, sensors idea uh, and the form and everything. That's that's um, 
something I'm really working on uh, in a piece I, I, I have in a van. And this piece in a van is with, instead of being musical sauce, uh, automated is flexitones. Uh, they are like kind of small musical saws. And the good thing about it is because it's inside a van, I have to always be with it um, when people are visiting it. So I can really observe people, how they react, and and I can make adjustments all the time. So, so this is my research um, site, let's say, even if it's moving on wheels. <laughs> but, but yeah, so I can go in different places and have different people in different um, type of event. So I can really learn how I can adjust that with that installation and apply that to all of them. And this is for actually those are for installations, but I'm thinking about the same kind of ideas for uh, web art in a way where you could have uh, uh, music uh, and depending on where the person is and what is the weather at that place and what like different things that I can know um, without really like really asking. I can really have something that's different depending on where the person is and maybe something around them. I don't know exactly, but, but this is something that uh, could be interesting to, to work with. When you're thinking of these pieces that are interactive in this way, do you imagine a certain type of listener, um, a certain type of mindset that um, maybe might be different than uh, when you're working in a concert or performance context? Oh, yes. Um, concert and performances, sadly, often they attract a type of people who are more into that sort of thing. But installation, they're more uh, everybody type thing. So more people will come in and have a look for two seconds or five minutes. And they're like, oh, okay, that's, that's it. So uh, you have absolutely everybody that can go through an installation. So you have little children, you have adults, you have older people, you have people who are more into art, more into contemporary experimental music, and you have people who never heard about it and actually walk into an installation and they don't actually think it's music or they don't actually think it's art at all, but they have an experience there. Um, so, so it's everybody. So I think that's a really interesting and have a, a, a kind of um, a lock with, let's say, because I work with automatons and because things are moving, I can catch interest from a lot of people by that, 
before they start to think about the sound. So, ooh, these things are moving. This is intriguing. What's going on here? So this is the first like way like they they start to be curious. And I think anyone who is curious can really enjoy those installation and they don't need to have any um, background. But if they do, I think they will enjoy it too. It's not like only for people who have no backgrounds and they try to like be curious. It's everybody who is curious, whatever the background. One last uh, thing to wrap up. Uh, I mean, uh, Lambs and Dubois-Tranchon are playing at NASA in South River, but uh, this broadcast is going uh, both to upstate New York, uh, but also uh, around uh, the world. Um, so the ideas and the concepts and, and uh, the processes uh, I know for these pieces are part of a larger scale project on your, uh, for you. Um, what are some of the future outcomes that uh, will happen after, after this is uh, done at the end of September in NASA? Well, it is, uh, oh, mm-mm-mm. Well, I have. I will be in Finland in November uh, with the double tranchant. I'm working more on this performance in Finland for one month, and after that, I'll be in Yukon for another uh, perfor- uh, another residency in December. I um, and I have like the next summer that I like. You have to go on my website and see. Uh, if if I be around in Quebec, I will have a, a tour in Quebec with my van and this installation that's inside my van. That's called uh, Flex Curiosité Sonore. Um, um, and this is uh, what I have certain for now. Um, yes, but these are other things coming up always. So if you go on my website, you follow me on Facebook or Twitter or you can keep up with what I'm doing and see what's next. And your website is musino.net, M-U-S-I-N-O-U. So what does that mean, Musino? Oh, that's for a music nouvelle, so new music. Ah, okay. That was Sonia Pasarokia's Lambs at NASA, which are on exhibit until September 29th. And uh, we also heard, of course, from the artist talking about uh, this work and uh, others that she's made. And as mentioned, uh, she'll also uh, do a performance at NASA called Double Tranchant, which uh, will conclude the exhibition uh, for the last three days of the exhibit. So from the 27th to the 29th, which is uh, Culture Days weekend in uh, all, all across Canada, and uh, NASA will be uh, involved in celebrating that. Next, we're going to listen to a live performance that took place at NASA recently on August 31st. This performance was by Alan Bloor, as I mentioned before, and he also uses saw blades in his work. In this performance, uh, he combines his projects Fold and Neural. Uh, Fold is known more for his textural ambient work, and uh, and then Neural turns it up to 11 uh, with a more harsher-sounding world. All right, well, enjoy, and here's Alan Bloor with Dual Abrasives. Mm-hmm. 
That was Dual Abrasives by Alan Bloor, recorded at the NASA North Media Arts Centre in South River, Ontario, Canada. This has been Making Waves on WGXC. We'll return a month from now for more Canadian sound art presented by New Adventures in Sound Art. Thanks for listening, and I've been your host, Darren Copeland. <laughs>